Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning and welcome to the Football Digest podcast, your Euros special. As is always the way that we do these things, the probably off-air views and chat was probably much more entertaining, certainly more X-rated than what was coming up, but hopefully we'll make it uh, even more entertaining uh, than uh, some of our dressing room bust-ups. Uh, we've been had none of those in the England camp. Now it's all been uh, harmony and light, isn't it? Really, it's been uh, it's been fantastic. Um, you know, England Germany. What a week! What a night that was. Now, surely England have got to reach the semi-finals. England, Ukraine, and Rome. Haven't they really? I mean, yeah. So we're going to preview that really, but uh, and also look at just how England are fixed, and perhaps a little wider look at how the Euros is going. Harry Kane's got off the mark. Does this mean he's going to finish up winning Golden Boot? I wouldn't put it past him. That'll be in his mindset, um, won't it? Really. Um, but guys, let's look back upon this this week that's just had. And um, Matt, let me start with you. I should introduce you, Matt Dunn, football aficionado from the Daily Express. Jeremy Cross, the sports writer, Daily Daily Start. Andy Dunn, uh, king of all heap of bays on the Daily Mirror, chief sports writer. And uh, Matt, reflect on that. Reflect on that Germany game. Why was it so special? What made it special? What, what, what? You know, in, in twenty-five years' time, when we're doing a sort of a, you know, a, a veterans podcast, a masters podcast. Uh, what will we be looking back in, in the way that we did about Euro 96 uh, upon the class of 2021? It was brilliant and special because it was Germany. We won and we deserve to win. And let's not make any bones about it. It was a uh, superb performance. Uh, we were better than them. Uh, we did, well, Perhaps 2-0 flattered us. Uh, and now, next time we play them, we're not going to be talking about Gareth Southgate and his missed penalty. Uh, and and Gareth's not going to have to do a pizza advert to, to sort of exonerate his thing. I, I've already said, I think, that um, there's a certain German striker who's got a yoghurt commercial in him now, where I think he has his Muller moment, because that 80th minute miss is going to haunt Germany in the same way as perhaps Gazza's inches away uh, foot out from, you, uh, from the 90 World Cup has done for us. So... Next time we play each other, they can do all the agonising, all the worrying about whether it's turned and whether, you know, they're, they're jinxed this time. And, and it's just, you know, the boot's on the other foot and it's been a long time since that's been the case. Yeah, it has actually. Uh, can we have a year's supply of Muller yoghurt? That would go down <laughs> exceptionally well. I, I, actually, I genuinely don't really let anything else. I'm my favourite brand of Greek yoghurt in, in my fridge, frankly. So, you know, if you're going to be a Muller rice gag in there, surely. Oh, well, you know. No. I do like hey, rice, to be fair. I mean, I mean vanilla, John, vanilla. It would have, who, who would have thought the irony of it, Muller not being able to find the corner? Oh! <laughs> and the winner is. Oh, that is yeah, very good. I've definitely I wish got thought, some Muller, yeah. Muller, Muller corners in my fridge. That's what um, I wish I'd I thought mean, of honestly, four days ago. <laughs> honestly, when I, when, 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 come on, when Thomas Muller goes through there, I mean, he has to score that goal, doesn't he? You're thinking 
he's scoring that goal all day long. Isn't this just so England? You know, Raheem Sterling, it's become an absolute national treasure. It's been amazing. And it was the irony that it was his misplaced pass for a change. You know, he finally gets something it was wrong him. Brilliant. It, it, and he had to score. And that, for me, said everything about the balance of power, didn't it, in the game? Well, I, I mean, if, if you want to know how how carried away we've all got um, with this, is that, is, is that when you look at the... You hear, you hear people saying, actually praising Jordan Pickford for that Muller miss. You know, you actually, you actually hear people, you know, you're listening to people analysing and saying, oh, he made it difficult for Muller etc etc it was just a terrible miss it had nothing to do with the goalkeeper and in fact when you look at it you know Pickford's there and there is a there is a, a, a quite you know the should have been the easiest of tasks to put it to into the gap that Pickford had left I have no fault of his own he went down early he went down early there's no doubt about suggest, it he went down early suggest that Pickford um, uh, uh, was like you know instrumental in that Muller misses it's just basically graving it a little bit I mean brilliant <laughs> performance by Pickford but that was just Shocking, shocking miss. But you know, I mean, from the start of the tournament, people have been saying, you know, from we, we all do tournaments, we all know that that what's said is that is that um, is, is that there are big moments. You know, there are moments in games. Gareth kind of Southgate forever says it. You know, there will be moments that, that decide games, and and you know that was that was a moment that was instrumental in that game. You know, I, I tell you what, Matt's saying. You know. The, the England with a better side, but you know, only just the better side. You know, I mean, it, it, everyone again is rewriting the fact that it's it, it was some sort of comprehensive like um, drubbing of the Germans. It wasn't. It wasn't really. You know, it, it was a game ebbed and flowed. Um, England were in it for ten minutes. You no, know, to start with, the second half was pretty much a bit calm. Probably Germany had the better after the break. It's it sort of it. it, 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 it ebbed and flowed. And then had Muller um, cancelled out Sterling's goal. Um, it, it, it may have been different, but it was a good performance. You know, possession-wise, probably, I think Germany probably edged it. Mm. Um, attempts on goal, I would I would have thought. I don't know. They're probably pretty similar. So it was a close game that was decided by big moments. And the big moment was and um, two good goals for England. One, one of course, scored when Germany would, were, were a little bit ragged looking for an equaliser. And that Thomas Muller miss, but that's not to say that you know it wasn't a very, very good performance. It was a very good performance. It was a very good performance. Um, and the idea, though, you know, of um, the idea of it just being a assuring now that England are in the final. I've just been listening to the radio, just driving back from an appointment, and um, you know, most it's of the pundits on there were basically it's saying it, it would be unbelievable if England didn't make the final. Now, well, it wouldn't be. Un- it's just that's just nonsense, isn't it? I mean, it's it's utter nonsense. You know, I mean, it really is. I mean, You're I mean, not daring to dream, are you, Andy? Sorry, you not daring. I'm to not dream, it? I mean, it's, it's, it's two matches. You know, Czech Republic. You looked okay to me. They looked they looked all right. Or Denmark. I mean, Denmark looked great against Wales. Czech Republic were okay against England. Decent in the group. Got out of a tough group, and you know, uh, albeit finishing third, and had a good win, um, a good knockout win, and now. Ukraine ahead of those two, you know. Okay, again, they haven't set the tournament to light, but they are where they are, and and you know they've got some good players. I just uh, so I don't see these two bit. Well, I'm, and I'm sure it won't matter because right? the camp, the England camp, won't be thinking in that way at all. Mm, no, I totally agree. I mean, I have to say, right, I'm in the mood for a rant, so I'm going to have a rant. Um, and basically, um, yeah, Raheem Sterling. I just think that there's there's this thing going around that basically, and it really annoys me that there's certain people, not everybody, 
in, in radio and TV, had, all of their opinions about what, you know, their perception is of what people, you know, think about players are formed on Twitter. And if they follow the wrong people and if they follow the wrong kind of influencers who have a down on certain people or certain issues, then my God, they end up misguided. And the notion that, you know, the, the, the media, the press, the football press, the, the sort of kind of cover England have some sort of down on Raheem Sterling for England is just laughable. Twenty since 2018, he has been phenomenal for England. 15 goals in his last 20 games. And then, you know, we had post-match that first game, someone, I don't know quite who it was actually, um, asked him about has he justified his place uh, in, in the England starting lineup because he scored the winner against Croatia. I mean, that was retweeted the other night so heavily that I actually thought he'd been asked it again. <laughs> but um, he hadn't. It was just the original one. But it's just like, it, Jeremy, he's getting a lot of love, Sterling, because I think, you know, people, you know, then feel almost the need to reassert that actually, you idiots who don't do your research, who actually don't read the newspapers, don't actually, you know, read what's written and what's said actually, and just go by Twitter misconceptions, the nonsense that is peddled with people with their own agendas, frankly, which then, you know, creates a, a negative vibe and culture. And it really, really winds me up. But Jeremy, we're reasserting the love that I think quite a few of us have shown for quite some time for Raheem Sterling this morning, aren't we? Yeah, look, it, it, the fact is, without Sterling and his goals, he wouldn't probably be in the quarterfinals. So... He scored three of England's four goals so far. His goal record in recent times is remarkable, actually. 15 and 20 internationals. I mean, by anyone's standards, that is a, a really, really remarkable return. And he's not even a striker, he's a winger. So, look, he was questioned at the start of the tournament by us guys, some of us guys, simply because he, he was he was, he was was limited at the end of last season. You know, he was poor, he was, he's out of the team. Um, quite a lot towards the end of um, City's title running and he, he got picked up obviously for the Champions League final which caused a bit of a surprise and he had a poor game you know um, Rhys James sort of marked him out of the game really um, but he wasn't the only person to have a poor game that night for City you know that City were, were outplayed uh, in Porto so I think the thing with Sterling is he tends to you know he's become more than just a footballer these days doesn't he he's become a sort of iconic figure in terms of all the great work he's done on racism and things like that. What's ironic about Twitter is when you go on Twitter, if you do something, if you write a piece that's negative, you get absolutely hammered. Uh, and if you do a positive piece, which we've all done today, because he's on the back, he's on the centre spreads of the, uh, at the back pages, um, you don't get any praise at all. You know, I want any praise or you don't, but you don't get any, no one seems to react to that when we're giving him the praise he deserves. It's just when you criticize him, if he's not played so well, you get absolutely uh, hammered. So that's just the way of social media, I suppose. But look, Southgate clearly knows Sterling better than anyone. And he was effusive in his praise of him after the game. And I think it was you who asked him about it after the game at this performance. And he, he made a point of actually really being positive about him and saying, you know, sort of marking down his character and his courage and his bravery. Um, called him a fighter, I think he did. So, mm. look, he deserves he deserves all the praise. And he's been probably England's standout player so far. Um, I thought it was great on um, 
on Tuesday night. He made things happen when he got the ball, looked positive. That's what you want to see from Sterling, looking looking to take someone on and beat a man. You don't see that enough these days, in my opinion. You know, someone with his speed going, going around someone. So, yeah, look, he deserves all the praise. And if he keeps playing like he is, you know, things look really helpful, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. Matt, have we pressed the Harry Kane reset button? Um, well, Gareth Southgate seems to think so. I mean, it is kind of a cliche that once a goal, goal scorer gets on the goal trail, he's, he's there, he's going to score alone. Um, but the reason why it's a cliche is because, weirdly, it, it seems to be true. You look at charts of Kane's goals, and he does go for long periods by his standards, You know, by which four, five, six games, without scoring a goal for England. And then when he gets back on the goal trail, um, you know, he doesn't score in the odd game. He then rattles in three or four in the next as many games. So, you know, he's still got time to do that this tournament. And let, let's hope this is another one of those occasions. Because, um, I mean, I tell you, what, I don't know if anyone watched the uh, Lions Den program yesterday. Um, but if you want a winning mentality and somebody there and press Andy, because uh, I know he spends a lot of time on the golf course, but uh, they have been doing a chipping challenge and, chipping the balls into the hole on just a carpet green uh, from 12 yards, 10 balls, and he put three of them in the hole. That's how much he wanted to win. And when he wanted to know everyone else's scores, he's that focused. He's that got that much talent as a human being. He's one of those people that you just, he's good at everything. And I think once, you know, he's got his goal, I watched the Seville game, which Gareth Southgate referenced uh, with Sterling, which started his goal trail. And if you watch that when we went 3-0 up against Spain in 45 minutes and couldn't quite believe we were born, um, Kane was in, was unplayable that night. He didn't score a goal, but he set up all, or was had a part in all three goals and his runs were unplayable. No, Spain didn't know where he was going to pop up next and he brought everybody else into the game. And he can do that if he's not scoring and if he's making those runs, which I agree he hasn't been doing so far, but if he believes in making those runs that he's going to do something again, then yeah, the, the reset button could have been hit. Mm, absolutely, no. It, it's um, yeah. I, I did watch that Lions Den thing, and it was it was remarkable. Was yeah, was instructive. Rem, a remarkable <laughs> piece of um, competitive dadness, basically. Yeah, on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite. It was quite entertaining. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, bizarre. Um, and I, yeah, I had no idea who the pops the Spurs supporting pop star was, but uh, had to Google him. But it seemed quite nice. Quite nice. Quite a nice, effusive, encouraging chap. Um, uh, and 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 really, Andy. Look, I know. I know this is going to be a difficult one for you to talk about because you're not you're not you know uh, on board with him really. But Jack Grealish, you know, do you, you're not you're not a very big fan, are you? Of him, basically, does, does he start the game? Does he start the game in Rome, Andy? That is that is the question. Having having won the game in 22 minutes for England, as people have been suggesting, um, by changing the game, where he did really didn't he? Um, does it does he now earn the start? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I personally, um, I personally would start him. Uh, I think against Ukraine, I think you know, he, 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 it goes without saying that he makes things happen. The extent of his influence against Germany um, may have been a little exaggerated, but you can't deny the fact that he was involved in in both goals. You know, I mean, um, he, he, he he passed a Shaw before Shaw set up. Um, Sterling, and then obviously it was a it was quite a cute cross for Harry Kane, and a good finish actually. To be fair, you know it looked easy, but it was quite an awkward header. 
Um, so I personally would start him. Does he start? Um, I, I suspect. I suspect he won't. You know, I, I, I don't. Um, I, um, I don't. I just suspect he won't. I suspect he'll keep him fresh. You know, and um, half an hour. You know, he might even start. Seeing as though we've we've all given ourselves this quarter final anyway, um, he might even start the semi final. Um, so I, I personally, John would, would start him, and and that and that, you know, I'd, I'd start him pretty much every game. Um, but I don't think he will. Is, is the answer now? And obviously, the better system, you know, he goes back to it if he goes back to the, which he probably will, back to the four three three. He's probably got a better chance, certainly, if, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah just to, just to check. We, I mean, we. Is there another game before we play the semi-final on Wednesday? I believe so. Is there? Right, okay. There's a rumour of one in Rome. It's right. <laughs> right, Okay, I'll have to look out for that one. No, uh, you know, and that is going to be the danger, isn't it? We'll, we'll come on. We'll come on to that. The other thing is that I, I, I just thought, you know, was just amazing in amongst all the euphoria. I think he's speaking to the press today, so we'll, we'll, you know, I'm sure you'll get some plaudits. Later, Jordan Pickford, another clean sheet. He's made a super block, super block from from Timo Werner in, in the first half. But Jeremy, the, the save in the second half. I mean, yes, I know it's it's you know is it obviously it's right if you like you know he eye line if you like. But the speed that he's hit at and then the save then the tip over that he makes with Kai Havertz at the start of the second half was remarkable wasn't it absolutely yeah amazing. it was actually that the, the reaction to get his hand up and tip it over the crossbar was was really really impressive it was i watched the um, highlights yesterday when i, when I woke up and um, didn't appreciate how good that save was at the time actually it's strange isn't it because when you're doing when you're working at the game you're in the moment you're wrapped up you're looking at your laptop you're trying to watch the game and you sort of miss things, or you don't really grasp what what how good certain aspects of a game are. But I, I was I was it was a stunning save. He's been great. Look, he's he's been questioned at times, hasn't he, at club level especially. He had a pretty difficult season um, last season. He was obviously responsible for um, putting Van Dijk out of action with that challenge at uh, was it at Goodison? Yeah, yeah. So and he has made mistakes for Everton. Um, there's no getting away from that, but he's never ever. I can't recall him ever letting England down, really. And that's all that Southgate sees in a goalkeeper. That's why he's 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 undoubtedly our best goalkeeper, and he's proved that. And look, he's playing behind a, a great defence. Um, let's give credit to the way Maguire and Stones played on um, on Tuesday. I thought they were both wonderful, especially Stones. Actually, he looks really on top of his game at the minute. So he's playing behind a. A really good defensive unit, but look, all you want from your keeper is to stay focused and when when he's called on to make the saves, and he did that twice, uh, like you said, from Werner in the, in the first half, and then um, Havertz in the second half. So you know he gives he gives the team confidence, and he's become a real sort of commanding presence at the back, and it's obviously it's vital for any team that wants to try and win a tournament. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Can I, I can't let this to, moment go. As well, you expect him in a way an international goalkeeper to make those saves that he did. The great saves though they were. Oh. What's really impressed me with Pickford is the um is his punching this tournament, which hasn't always been good. He's cleared yeah. the ball. And when he's come to the edge of his area to clear the ball, he's got there safely. He's not thrown it to any defenders in and put them under pressure. It's just his general sort of goalkeeping sort of talent has has been mm. 
so much stronger. And, and his shot save, we know he's a good shot saver. He's never not been a good shot saver. Um, mm. but, but it's actually, I think it's his general goalkeeping that's really stood him out. And like you said, like Jeremy said, given the defence a lot of confidence to be able to, you know, play some football in front of him. Yeah, no, it was interesting. Andy, I, Andy, I cannot let this moment go uh, without asking you on, on you know, when we're talking about the Everton goalkeeper here as well, Rafa Benitez, come on. Thoughts? Basically, I know, I know, I know. We're not allowed to ask club questions in the England environment, but I'm going to break that rule. I'm fearless in, in that regard. Well, I mean, there's, there's been an awful lot happening club-wise. Um, it's, I, I mean, to me, it's, it's. I mean, I mean what, what can you say? Farmer Siri is is taking, you know, I mean, a really big gamble. Let, let's just let's just separate the two things about the the tribalism and whether or not. The, the the theory of um, uh, whether or not you can take a manager so closely linked with your rival club across the city. If you park that for a minute, actually, is Benitez the right fit? You know, a three-year contract for a guy who's about 61 now. And they say he's a, you know, Mishiri says he's a proven winner. Well, not for a while he isn't a proven winner. And, you're, and, and never mind you're taking... He will also say, "Well, we're taking a Champions League winning manager." Yes, he won, he, he won a Champions League sixteen years ago with, with the club across the road. His last job, you know, I remember when West Ham signed Pellegrini, you know, and said they were getting a Premier League winning manager. They were, but they were also getting a manager who'd taken the the, the, the money in in the Chinese league and, and and was hopeless out there. And essentially, that's what Benitez did. You know, he walked out to Newcastle, took the money in China, was pretty hopeless in China. I think he probably won. A third of his games, 12 out of 36, 38 games, you know, and there is no sign that he is at his peak. And there is no sign that that he will be a manager who buys into some sort of, you know, um, project at Everton. Um, I just think that, you know, why would you not turn to a young, hungry manager who, who, who at least half the fan base say, would get behind rather than someone who, who, as soon as he loses one or two games, you know, the fans will turn. That's an absolute given. And I do think, you know, people say, well, you should, um, you know, that shouldn't really be a factor about him managing Liverpool, but it should, you know, there is a place in football for tribalism. There's, there's, there's no doubt about it. You know, he's there wearing an Everton scarf at his unveiling or, you know, his announcement yesterday. And what, one of the pictures in a lot of Evertonians' mind is of him, you know, cuddling Stephen Gerrard wearing a Liverpool scarf. It just doesn't sit right, does it, really? I mean, you know, and listen, Everton fans, I think, will, you know, will say, listen, you've got, you've got, you've got some, um, some nerve, basically, but he's got some nerve because, you know, you, you know, taking the job. Yeah. But then again, I, the, the, the money I've heard that, he, that he's being paid is, is astronomical. Um, he's got some nerve taking the job, and I think Everton fans will, will think, okay, fine. And if you've got that nerve, you know, that's something that we admire. And obviously, if he gets results, they will be, you know, they'll, they'll get behind the club. They love the club, you know, they, they, they love Everton. So the fact that he's there is, um, is, 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 is they'll, they'll accept that if the results come. But of course, if they don't, then. Then it would be um, it would be a major issue. I, I think I, I personally just I, I don't think it's the right appointment. And it's as simple as that. John, the issue, the main issue for from Everton fans is there's look, there's no rule in football that says one manager who's managed one team in the city can't go and manage the other team in that city. I mean, Steve Bruce has done that several times. Yeah. Mm. The, the issue from an Everton board perspective is 
the fact he managed Liverpool and had success at Liverpool and, and is still quite well liked at Liverpool is that you're giving you're fast forward in the process of fans rejecting him. So, say if he starts his first two games with two defeats, that just encourages the fans even more to just basically reject the appointment. So, if he if he wins, fine. But as soon as things start to turn in the world, because that's just the way of life, it just encourages the the you know what's the word rejection even more because. Because of his links to Liverpool, so like Dunny says, he's spot on. It's not a short term; it's a short term fix. Essentially, it's not a long term project with Benitez. He'll probably be there what eighteen months, and then they'll be gone, and then they'll be back to square one. It just highlights how sort of disjointed the thinking is on Mashiri. Actually, it's probably mm. brain scramble from what happened with Ancelotti. Yeah, yeah, Matt. Matt, while we're on a similar vein, um, Tottenham have got themselves a new manager. As well. hey. I mean, listen. You know, this has been this has been well telegraphed in it for a couple of days, obviously. So it's not it's not the sort of the shock yesterday. But having said that, we've certainly got we've certainly gone around the block. Well, maybe you could argue not just the block, but the blooming M twenty five really, and taking around the sort of the various uh, choices of managers. And I thought it was quite interesting to read Daniel Levy's comments in the, in the you know uh, sort of prepared statement, which was saying it, we've appointed a manager to bring back the sort of the footballing style in our DNA. Well, you ask Wolves fans about that. that listen, they love Nuno, right? But basically, I do think there's probably an acceptance that the you know, I mean, this is a guy, by the way, that's been appointed after kind of Wolves decided that, he, you know, he couldn't take Wolves any further than where they wanted to go. And now Tottenham have appointed him. But also you've got the issue that I think he needs to reassert his authority as a, you know, uh, sort of a, an attacking uh, flair manager. Because, frankly, last season, you didn't have much of that, did you? Where, where do you put this appointment? Is it enough to keep Harry Kane happy? Well, that's the question, isn't it? I thought Levy saw it as a challenge. He's read the comments from Harry Kane saying, I'll not think about my future uh, until the Euros are over. I tell you what, I bet Harry Kane was thinking about his Tottenham future last night when he read that <laughs> Nino uh, Espirito Santo is coming. Um, Harry Kane, 23 goals, was it, in the uh, Premier League last season and 14 assists, 37 goals in total. That's more than Wolves managed to the entire squad between them. So Harry Kane on his own scored more goals than Wolves under Santo last season. And he's the attacking flair manager that, that's supposed to reinvigorate Kane, persuade him to give it, oh, go on one more year, Harry, uh, and then bring in the players alongside them that are actually going to get them on the silverware trail. Hey, I'm not saying it's not going to work. Um, you know, he, he did well at Wolves when he started. He showed talent as a manager, uh, and 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 what he and, he and some of the players he brought through at Wolves have been, you know, he's added value to a lot of those, and it could work. But effectively, he arrives with the same CV as Pochettino arrived at the club seven years ago. He's the appointment that Spurs should have made seven could have made seven years ago. Yeah, they've built the best stadium in the world. Um, they've built the. Um, uh, one of the best training grounds in the world. They they reckon, or just by their flirtation with the ESL, that they're one of the biggest clubs in the in the world uh, and one of the fifteen biggest clubs in Europe. Well, then you need a manager with that stature, uh, and that's not what they've done. They've they've got another guy better suited to a project club, better suited to where they were seven years ago, and it was like Pochettino hasn't happened, uh, and. You know, unfortunately, I just see it as a massive step backwards for the club because they're not going to attract players 
to the club. Um, and you don't go into next season believing with that appointment that Spurs are going to finally end their silverware uh, issue. Uh, and yet they might, but it's the belief that, that that's gone. And, and to try and portray him as uh, as the promised, um, you know, to do is to their manager that Spurs fans want. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's 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 borderline sort of dishonesty because mm-hmm. Levy knows he has to appoint a popular manager. And he's trying to dress something up him up as something he isn't, and it's just going to end up in tears. I can't John, see it working out well. John, can I just say? Consider, considering England are going to be European champions in about 10 days' time, there's a lot of negativity on this show today. <laughs> is there? Well, we, 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 yeah, will put that, we will put that right, Jeremy. We will put that right. I want to, I want to have a, look, a little look at some of our comments, actually. Um, a, a really regular contributor, an incredibly welcome viewer. Um, and please forgive me, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Biplop. Kishore Deb um, uh, saying that uh, um, uh, makes a very good point now. Sterling is now a genuine contender for the Golden Boot Award, but I'm sure his mind will be more settled on the tournament title. I think you're right. Um, Absolutely. I agree with you simply because I think that he's quite a selfless player. Um, Thank you for that. And thanks for all your comments. And Uchi is also saying that basically if England does not get to the finals, then that team is not yet working well. They've got a host of talents to win the World Cup too. Now, I think, why I, while I think that that is particularly on the money, that comment is because we are getting horribly, horribly carried away here for my money. There's only one man bring us back, crashing back down to earth, and that's Andy. Andy, tell us about the dangers of Ukraine. Tell us about what, what might happen in Rome. Why... We might not win 16-0 by half-time and, and, and sort of kind of being carried on the golden shower into the semi-finals. Well, I mean, listen, the danger is, it, it is well, it's the danger. You know, England are favourites for the game. You can't, you can't deny that. You know, man for man, they have, they have a better squad. You know, they have a deeper squad. You know, Ukraine only got what three points in their group um, against Sweden. They were—I'm not sure—they probably just about edged it. Well, they edged in terms of scoreline. They probably just about, I think, edged it in terms of being a slightly better side. But you know, it, it is literally—you know—England. I don't think was shown um, at the moment um, in tournament football that they're going to absolutely blow teams away. I mean, the Panama game, um, a couple of um, World Cup 2018 um, aside. So I don't think what we've seen from England so far and from Southgate's approach so far, England are going to blow any team away. Um, and clearly you, you, Ukraine have some dangerous players and, and it's a game that will be played. You know, I, I do think for all, I thought the crowd was important at, at Wembley the other night. You know, I thought they were excellent. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't I'm not even that fuss. I'm not, I don't get over critical of, of the booming of the national anthem. I thought, I thought it just, it was a bit pantomime. It added to the whole occasion. The whole occasion was, was completely vibrant. And I think that helped. It won't be in the Olympic stadium in Rome. You know, there will be a nominal amount of England fans in there. It will be a, a quite a cold clinical atmosphere. I would have thought, you know, and this is just, you know, Ukraine also don't forget, you know, it will give them a slight lift. Literally, you know, they will, they they will be hearing all this. They will be hearing how they're written off. They will be hearing, you know, the same way that Iceland probably heard that before they dumped England out 
of the last European Championships. And that would be a motivating factor for them, without a doubt. I mean, why wouldn't it be? I mean, why wouldn't it be when 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 they're thinking, you know, all we are is a, a basically a, a, a doormat for England to step on before they walk into the semi-finals? So that will that will give them a lift, you know. And and it's a European Championships quarter final. The, the, the idea that it's a formality. I mean, you do hear people. I mean, it's just beyond belief. As I say, I've said this before here. No wonder the rest of the world think you know we're arrogant. I mean, I, I'm hearing people saying he might rest people, you know, for this game or freshen things up, rest him, rotate this. Gee, where's? I mean, like you know, I mean, it is a quarter final of a European Championship. We haven't been to the final of of, of a, you know. People say it'll be unbelievable, unbelievable if we don't get to the final. No, it won't. No, we really, really won't because we haven't been to a final in fifty six years, fifty five years. So why will it be unbelievable? It, you know, and we said the same. Don't forget, World Cup two thousand eighteen. It was a, a relatively easy passage. We got to the semi final then and lost against the team that, that we probably should have beat. So listen, in, English football history is littered with um, um, disappointments, and I just think that to to assume now on the back of a win. Albeit a good win against a good team, but certainly not a formidable team, you know. Uh, you know, and then and, and have a look at you know how many people are back in Switzerland to be France. Mm. Probably even fewer than are back in Ukraine to beat England. So, so that's why I mean, I mean, complacency is an issue. Extra motivation for Ukraine is an issue. Some dangerous players, you know, for, for Ukraine. I mean, so they're, they're the pitfalls. Well. You've certainly got me in a really, you know, rabble-rousing, let's go for it, we can't go wrong sort of mood, Andy. You've really got me... I'm just looking at some of the comments here. John Cox says, England got battered by Scotland, and now they're talking about win, winning it. That's laughable. Uh, this this well, one really I, made I, me I, laugh. I, I, this I, Christopher, Ro- Christopher Rodriguez. <laughs> Columbia, you mug, not Panama. Get your facts, get your facts straight. Uh, I think you'll find that they beat the smash Panama in the group stages. So well done. On it was that. Columbia on penalties. <laughs> I mean, it was Columbia on penalties. I think it was Panama. I do love a bit of anger and hate in the morning. So thank you. I think that was last time Harry Kane scored before in the tournament. Before that. But. Um, but you listen, but but John there does have a point. You know the level of performance that England produced against Scotland. Andy, probably wouldn't be enough. To Ukraine. Yeah. If we yeah, don't, can I ask you a question, Andy? If we get, if we don't get to the final, will the tournament be viewed as a huge anticlimax? Yeah. Yeah. Massively. Well, it will be by English people. I'm sure it'll be a very good tournament. It's already been a great tournament. Will, will why, English people why, why think it's a failure? Why would? Why would it be viewed as an anticlimax for England? Yeah, what I'm if they to don't get, get to the final, it is that we should be getting to the final now. Let's be. Let, you see, there's no escaping it. If we He's trying to trap you, LBW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the Ukraine no, finished, no, no, Jeff, the UK, eighty to one the work at the start of the tournament. Eighty to one, they finished third in their group. They went through with yeah, a negative goal difference, and they've only got two good players. Hmm. Well, only the two that we know. So you're saying Yarmolenko and Zinchenko, but they're only they're, that's only because I mean our, our famous <laughs> insularity. We only know them because they play in the Premier League. What you mean is they've only got two players who play in the Premier League. Let's let's translate all no, these no, things. I mean, we no, only haven't seen. You never believe this. Zinchenko. They even play him in midfield. I mean, who would have thought that? Look, we 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 only ever see. You know, we only ever see. 
national other national teams through the through the lens of the Premier League. And and if you're not in the Premier League, you're no good. But I mean, which is of course, no. The, the thing, the matter is, Jeremy. I totally agree with you. I totally agree that England um, should be getting to the final. I completely agree. Which is why. I, I, I strongly disagreed with this idea that Southgate gets a new contract regardless of mm. of the results. Because the aim of it, the job of any, you know, never mind building for the future, the job of any England manager is to, is to end this 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 run and get England to the final. And it will be a failure if they don't get to the final. I totally agree. I totally agree. But the idea Listen, that we're the, just uh, assuming it's going to happen, forget the I contract. think it's it's history tells us that's wrong. It's going to get a knighthood, let alone a new contract. It was Gareth. <laughs> Gareth, yeah. We won the Euros, it's Sir Gareth. Yeah, what I'll say is, Dunny's oh, right. Look, any team is capable of springing a surprise, isn't it? That's what, why we love sport. Mm-hmm. You know, the underdog we need, it's a great story, isn't it? I just, I've seen them play a couple of times in the tournament and they are, they are a pretty limited team when you compare, yeah. compare them to the talent. Yeah, I agree. So on paper, look, it should be a 2-0 yeah. win maybe, but you just don't know, do you? But um, it'll be a major, no. major shock, I think, if we don't, if we don't win. So. I, I, the, I'm, 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 laughing, I'm laughing about Zinchenko simply because I just think that, you know, you, you, we do view him through that Premier League lens without a shadow of doubt. And, yet, uh, you know, he's a, Let's be honest here. He's a bit fringe, fringy, uh, and he's a midfielder playing left back for Man City, isn't he? And so basically, he's you know yeah. viewed as maybe a little bit of a weak link. You know, sort of obviously Champions League or whatever. You know, it's just like he, you know, with the Ukraine team, you can tell that he's their focal point. He is their go-to man. Yes, they've got the talent of Yarmolenko, but if there's a player that kind of you know, epitomises the work rate spirit and and everything in their midfield. Um, then then it's then it's Inchenko, isn't it? Basically, and what just mm. struck me, guys, I don't know whether you know, I know sort of kind of a couple of you sort of live much further away. Um, but what struck me at the end of that game uh, on 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 Tuesday night, the the, the later kickoff, was the togetherness um, of of that team. Look, everyone celebrates, of course they do. But sometimes it's a bit more striking that, that togetherness, and they sort of you know, with were with Shevchenko going over to salute the fans who were sort of tucked away in a little corner of the ground, and I can see Andy's sort of cynical wry smile emerging <laughs> over his face there. And every team, every team celebrates. But look, you 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 speak to, and I was speaking to a Swedish pal of mine yesterday that you know Sweden were expected to go through, and he will say the first thing that he said, "What what are Ukraine's strengths?" As I was just looking into it the togetherness and the team unity and the spirit. And yes, it didn't serve them very well in the group stages because they're very mixed. But I mean, Matt, we can't write them off, can we? We absolutely cannot write them off. Oh, we shouldn't do, but we can. Uh, we will do. <laughs> you are. Uh, <laughs> you are, dude. I mean, they, you, what you do is you back Gareth Southgate and the England players to do their homework so that they don't write them off. Um, mm. Because, as Jeremy said, head and shoulders, we're better than them. And, it, and it's true, and we need to play better than them. We need, we need to do it, and it's true. And yet, if I say that, that that's my 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 verdict. It shouldn't affect the Ukraine thinking. Crikey, Matt Dunn's written us off. Uh, yeah, let's pin that up on the dressing room wall. That should make it. If the England players start writing them off, then we've got a problem. But yeah, yeah honest opinion. That's what bookmakers are for. That's they give odds, you know. Uh, and the reason that they give very long odds for for Ukraine is because they're not very good on, on on that elite international level. Uh, and mm. Southgate should and will do the homework to make sure 
they take them seriously enough. They find out the way. It's not just saying, you know, can we beat them? It's how do we beat them? They find that and, and they put that that plan into action. And then we've got the talent and the ability um, to make sure that, that that should work. And I think that's different, incidentally, for 2016, where Roy Hodgson's going for a triple and saying the day before Iceland. I don't think um, Gareth Southgate's going to be um, be uh, heading out to the Vatican and doing the science. Well, at least because well, he can't. So, but uh, but yeah, with you know, I thought that was a really bad message ahead of Iceland, you know, four years ago when you know the England manager's sightseeing. I don't think we'll make those sorts of mistakes again. <laughs> that was amazing, that one, wasn't it? That was absolutely but that, that, that's but that's complacency. That's not doing your job, and it's their yeah. job. You know. Hopefully, lads out there. I mean, I think the guys covering the game are going to be, you know, confined to barracks due to the the global situation. But but you know, hopefully they'll enjoy themselves. But uh, but the football team go there and they do a professional job and they do it all the way up to the kickoff, all the way through the ninety minutes, one hundred and twenty minutes if it needs it, penalties if it needs it. But they keep their focus on. They're not complacent and they get the result that they should get. Yeah, Jeremy, we lost oh, you there for a moment, pal. Oh, and uh, I, I was just a bit, I was just a bit, I was, I was just a bit concerned that you've basically just gone off to 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 place another bet with the bookie on England, you know, so uh, to 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 win by at least six <laughs> goals. I've been depressed in two months. I was putting fifty p in the internet beta. <laughs> I'm from your well, you know, we've we've come to the conclusion, guys, and we that this is a walkover. Basically, maybe we should just call it off. Yeah, and basically, you know, sort of give it award the match to England. So it's it's hey, not that we're conceited. It's I'm, not that we're arrogant English. Think we invented the game. Think we were entitled to to win the tournament. It's not that. The one good thing we've got in our favour. The one good thing we've got in our favour is Southgate, as we all know him pretty well. He's not an arrogant man at all. No. I think that the players will. Players are a reflection of the manager in any team, aren't they? So you won't. I know Dunny's right. We have had a history of, of having some sort of arrogance and entitlement, but there's, you don't get that feeling with this team and this manager. So yeah. no way they'll go there thinking we're going to cruise this three 0 They will go there like Matt just said and just look to do a professional job. Look, if we win one nil, you take you, you take it all day long, wouldn't you? You take one yeah. nil in the semi final yeah. and you take one nil in the final. I mean, look, England aren't a team to. It's not like watching the 1970 Brazil team, is it? Let's be honest. They're not destroying opponents and they're not going to win any game 3 or 4-0. But if they won 1-0 all the way to the final, you'd, well, you'd be more than happy with that. Let's, as we brace ourselves for, for uh, the uh, upset to end all upsets, I have to say that this tournament has been absolutely fantastic, hasn't it, really, in terms of drama, in terms of goals and excitement. Yeah, I mean, you know, wow, what was it? I mean, you know, lose track of the days, really. But well, basically the drama that you sort of kind of Monday, you know, sort of Monday and, you know, even Sunday's second game was was, was excellent, wasn't it? And the, the drama on Monday, I mean, it was breathless, wasn't it? And... um Really, if ever you needed a wake-up call, I thought France would walk the title. They've got the squad that should have walked the title. And then they go and lose, having been up, what, 3-1 up with 10 minutes to go against Switzerland. I mean, it's just unthinkable, isn't it? If that doesn't serve a warning to us all. But, you know, what's been your... I mean, that's got to be the biggest upset so far. What have you made of the tournament generally and kind of, you know, the, the... uh, I, I mean, it's been an amazing thing against all the odds, isn't it? Football and and kind of you know, it's been, it's 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 been a delight to watch. I think some of the dramas. 
to be honest, what what struck me is the the, the group stages are obviously in any tournament down the years can be a bit a bit stale, can't they? But the, mm. as soon as the knockout rounds begin, it just comes alive a tournament, and this has been no exception. And you just alluded to it there. You know, we were all sort of we lived through a pandemic and wondering if a tournament in twelve different countries would work. Was it wise to even stage the tournament in twelve different countries? And you know, there's been some absolutely brilliant games. And Monday was it Monday? Every day seems the same, doesn't it? Was it Monday? The two get the two games, France and um, France going out and Spain beating Croatia. It was the best day's football I think I've ever seen. It was like two cr- cracking games. Four, I think thirteen or fourteen goals in two games. And you know, there's still more to come. So there's been some great refereeing. I think the refereeing has been good. Um, the VARs seems to work pretty well. So you know, um, Kefrin, the UEFA president, will be delighted with what's what's happened so far. Mm, yeah, I, I think the sort of the group format, I hate the group format, the kind of three teams getting out, and I just think that that's a bit of a damp squib. And then you let the you let the knockout stages go, and it's a brilliant, brilliant release. Um, you know, and is, is Switzerland the France the biggest shock so far? What's really caught yeah. your eye? Yeah, I, I, I would. I, I don't see. You know, you can't see beyond that as, as the biggest shock. I mean, I mean, not least because you know of the nature of Switzerland's comeback. You know, mm. I mean, we talk makers odds at some stage, but I can't even begin to imagine what Switzerland were to go through when they were three-one um, down. I, I, you know, with not long left, you just. I mean, the odds would have been astronomical. You know, on the, on the tournament as a whole, um, I agree. You know, and, and we say this all the time about the group stages. They can be a little bit. Well, they are a little bit stodgy, aren't they? And, and what? Mm. Well, what do we do about it? You know, what do we do about it? I mean, I mean, it, it's you know, it's almost the case just to have, just to have a knockout tournament. You know, that, that's how it's you know seeded and have a knockout tournament. You know, that that would be. That, I mean, it wouldn't. It wouldn't fit. It, it, it will never happen now, because uh, you know, UEFA and with the European Championships and FIFA with the World Cup, they want a bloated tournament for commercial reasons. You know, they want to charge this money. You know, that's why. That's why we're getting eight hundred pound tickets at Wembley. You know, and then and then they start off and build up to that sort of level. And commercially, I mean, you'd have to see how many sponsorship deals they have. So they want this 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 bloated tournament. I think the format um, of the of, of these, however many cities we ended up with, was it ten cities in the end? I can't remember, I can't even remember how many cities we ended up with in the end. I know a couple had to drop out, so Dublin being one. I think it's ludicrous. I mean, I, I generally think it, 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 yeah, I just don't know what it, 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 it creates these imbalances as well, which are, are have been well documented. The, the Wales, you know, travel thousands and thousands and thousands of miles, you know, to play their games in round trips, and and England have, you know, one relatively short journey to Rome to um to um to negotiate, and, and that's it. And clearly that, mm. clearly that is, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's been reflected in results. Some, you know, and some teams who have home advantage haven't taken advantage of it. But it clearly is an imbalance, isn't it? I mean, I mean, it, that, that 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 clearly within a tournament. It is it is an advantage. England have clearly had an advantage playing all four of their games at Wembley. You know, Wembley mm. was an uh, Wembley was an asset for England against Germany. You know, I'm not saying it was quite the twelfth man, but it was like at eleven and a half. Like it it, it it gave everyone a lift, and the players have said as much. And it will do so the same when we um, when we tick Ukraine off the list and then come back to Wembley. 
So I do think that. So, so oh, but in terms of the standard of football, um, I think it's been good. I mean, really good. And I think the standard of the, of the knockout games was was excellent. I mean, really, really good. You know, and you see players. I love the way players. You know, they shine in their national shirts. We forget all our again our our our, our established um, viewpoints from the Premier League, and they are brilliant for their country. You know, Granite Zaka for. Um, for Switzerland, I mean, you know, I, I, I defy anyone to have ever seen him have a game like he had against France in an Arsenal shirt, and that's brilliant. I mean, even Zinchenko. I mean, you saw what it meant to, to Zinchenko, and I'm glad, John, that you did actually mention about Ukraine and their togetherness and their spirit in the camp. Because again, you'd think that England were the only team who were happy in camp, wouldn't you? You know, <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah. you know, let's yeah. watch the Lions Den. Look at these. Oh, these lads are chipping golf balls, and they, well, it must be a great crack. Yeah, they all they all love each other. When they get beat, if they ever get beat, we'll soon we'll soon know what the rifts were in the camp because they're yeah. bound to be. You know, twenty six blokes. When we go away, 26, 26 genos. Do we all get along well? But this idea, no. when you're winning, when you're winning, <laughs> hang on a minute, twenty six. We only need four, <laughs> and we fall out over the breakfast table. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, 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 so, so when you're winning, of course, like you know, it's the greatest spirit ever, isn't it? I mean, I mean, we, we all know that. You know, this this camp is really together. I mean, seriously, we do it until we, until England get beat. We write the same thing all the time. Our greatest spirit is, and that's you know, fantastic. But uh, but I'm glad you mentioned that about Ukraine because you saw what it you saw you know um, what it meant to Zinchenko, and you you saw what it meant to Switzerland. You, you know, and, and and I do think. International football, these knockout stages have just reminded everyone what international football, you know, means, and the fallout from it. You know, the the, the despair of, of nations when they when they go out. It, it's you know, it, it's brilliant, and I, it's just it's great. It's just is a bit bloated this this tournament, as is the World Cup. If there's a way that you could, I don't know, slim it down, and you know, and every game has a little bit of jeopardy in it, then it would be great. But I don't think that day is going to. Come. No, no, Matt, Matt. Finally, I just on 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 this point, really, on the tournament generally. I mean, the, the our side of the draw is one thing, basically the England side of the draw, if you, if you like. The other side of the draw. I mean, this notion that England are definitely going to win it. I think we seem to be forgetting that uh, three of the mm. four teams in the other side of the draw are absolute monsters. Italy with this incredible unbeaten record and incredible run under under Mancini. Spain, who obviously have finally found their <laughs> their goal threat, um, and Belgium, you know, for so long the number team, the number one team in the world. Apart from that, it's going to be an absolute walkover. Oh yeah, and Switzerland who beat France, the best team in the world. I mean, it's just you know, <laughs> I mean that as that that those two quarterfinals, Matt, uh, are, are huge, aren't they? But also, there's three massive teams in there, isn't there? Yeah, there are, but it's the beauty of. Um... Uh, of the fact that they've got to play each other is it's going to take a lot out of them. I agree. Mm. If 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 once we've ticked off that you that, that semi that quarterfinal and semi final, like Andy says, and uh, waltz our way through to the final, um, yeah, we are going to meet a proper opposition then finally. Um, and uh, but the thing is, they're going to have played each other. It's the way tennis has worked for years. You with the, with the big three, 
you know, you, you have two in one of them has a set of face, the semi-final against Roger Federer, the other one doesn't sort of thing in terms of Nadal and Djokovic. You know, Belgium are going to have arrived having played some proper games of football. We obviously, as we've explained, they're going to just be waltzing through, um, barely breaking sweat. So, um, so we're going to arrive a lot fresher at that final. So it gives us a chance, but. It is still a proper game at the end there, and, and Belgium are a proper team. But then again, when you look at it head for head, are they that much better man for man than our team? They've been playing better than us for a longer time, but should we write our chances off? I, I don't think so. I don't think there's any – with France gone, who were the genuine talent in that, that half of the draw, there's no one we should we, we should be fearful of. That's all I'm He's saying. coming home. He's coming home. We can have as many long rallies between you two <laughs> 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 as, as, as they were in the fifth set of Andy Murray last night. It was incredible. <laughs> tell you what, though, Crossy, what I will say is there are the, 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 the other half of the draw is loaded, now loaded with some great teams that are still left in it. But only one of them can get to the final. You know, yeah, yeah. if we get to the final, we've got only got to play one of those get one of those teams. And look, we all know Belgium are a great team, but is, mm. have have they have, have they played that well so far? I don't think so. I think they've been like England. Actually, they've been quite sort of methodical. And well, that's why I don't think they're going to make the final. They've got the job done. If they lost to Italy, would it be a shock? Probably not. Italy look a great team, don't they? They score mm. goals. They they don't concede any goals. So. You know, you'd have to say maybe one of the finalists is going to come out of Italy or Belgium. But if you, if it's England with, with a home crowd um, in a final with all the euphoria, it, it, you know, listen, it could happen, couldn't it? It could happen. It's definitely coming home. Right, let's finish home. with I'm, a bit I'm, of an ad finally, really. Our favourite football redemption stories. Gareth Southgate, of course, this week, laying his Euro 96 ghosts and demons to, to rest. Um, and, and and moving on from his penalty miss in the shootout, really. So I'm going to go around the room. I'm going to start because I'm sure that you guys have read the script and got your stories ready, haven't you? And your right. thoughts ready. But So I will start, okay? 2018. In the in the in the play, in England players v media darts, basically, <laughs> I was up against John Stones. I will never forget the look of utter disbelief on John Stones' face, and I've, I've felt guilty in every piece I've written about John Stones in the last three years because I'm thinking he must think, "Who's this clown?" He, he basically bottled it and, uh, when he was playing a game of darts against me, and now he's saying that I haven't I haven't got mentality of the character to play for Man City or England. John, I've never lost faith in you, but um, basically, I was so bad that I threw three darts. Didn't he? Uh, one landed on the ball but didn't score. The other two missed the ball completely. And so basically I did actually have a bit of redemption on, on, on Sunday when I played Calvin Phillips and actually, yeah, scored more than Calvin Phillips. I, I totted up 40, but as I left the board, rather than say congratulations, well done, this is how much respect my colleague Matt Dunn has for me. He said, Are you sure about that? Are you sure that was really 40? Yes, I was there in 2018, Crossy, that's why. <laughs> yeah, but I did win. It was quite clear that Calvin Phillips had thrown quite a few darts before, but he obviously just didn't get the score that he wanted. But um, but he's such a nice guy, Calvin Phillips. Couldn't be couldn't be any happier for, for him. Absolutely fantastic. What a great story he is. So come on, he, who wants to go first? Um, well, I'll go first. Redemption. 
talking of darts. Someone, someone else, because I, 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 I haven't got one. The obvious choice. You'll, the you'll obvious find choice one. Come on. The obvious choice would be Beckham, wouldn't it, yeah. after France 98, blamed, yeah. became a hate figure in the country, and I think one red top newspaper put a dartboard of his face on the front page. Obviously got sent off against Argentina. Um, we went out to Argentina that night, and uh, by 2000, he was the England captain. And by in, a year later, yeah, that's it, a year later, he obviously scored that um Legendary goal at Old Trafford with that free kick to get us to the World Cup in uh, 2002. So that's the obvious choice. And the other one to mention is obviously Eric Cantona, 95 Kung Fu kick at Sellers Park, one of the most infamous moments in English football. That got banned for eight months, came back to help United win the double, including scoring a winning goal against Liverpool, of all people, at Wembley. Wow. Yeah. Matt? Oh. Well, I knew Beckham was going to come up, so I, I tucked the second one up my, my, my sleeve. Um, 1998 again, further on in the tournament, Beckham had gone home in disgrace by this stage. And we had that hokey cokey team sheet. First, uh, Ronaldo was in, Brazilian Ronaldo. Then he was out, in, out, in, out, shaking all about. It turned out he did end up playing. Um, had had seizures and whatever else that night. Who knows what went on that night in truth? People have tried to get at the, the truth, whether Nike were involved, uh, which for legal reasons we must say there's no proof of. Um, and, uh, it, there were all sorts of rumors around why he was playing, why he wasn't playing. Um, but anyway, he stunk the place out and France won comfortably. Um, he then went off, uh, and, and showed what he could do with Inter Milan for a season or so. And then, um, in 2000, uh, did his tendon in his knee, uh, which put him out for six six months, made a comeback. And six minutes into his comeback, he, um, he, uh, did it again. But, but his, according to his physio, he said it was the worst injury I've ever seen in sports, in sports. It was like his kneecap exploded. Um, he didn't play again in te- the, the whole of the rest of the next season and most of the season after came back with 10 games to go of Serie A before the World Cup in 2002, um, beginning to find his feet, got into 2002, scored eight goals to win the Golden Boot and led Brazil to win the World Cup that he hadn't won for, that he kind of lost for them uh, four years earlier. The only team in 2002 he didn't score against was England. He scored against every other team he faced. Uh, and that was uh, the, uh, the the big redemption story. I, I said the Brazilian Ronaldo rather than his other nickname because having stood alongside him, uh, a FIFA do, uh, we were introduced to him. It turns out he's not quite as fat as uh, everyone describes him as, so I'm not, I refuse to call him Fat Ronaldo, uh, but but it's that Ronaldo anyway rather than, than the other one. <laughs> so one's done the lead pounds this morning. Season, Matt, it would be fair to say, wasn't it? <laughs> you were, sorry? <laughs> yeah, no, a few pounds. Yeah, what a player. We forget yeah. how. He was so badly injured. He, he later admitted he got that ridiculous, the worst haircut in World Cup history. He got it done specifically so that no one kept talking about his injury anymore. If you remember that shaven head round the back and that yeah, little tie. Did he? Yeah. I didn't know that. He, wow. he said afterwards whether that's, that's yeah, uh, hindsight. But 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 that's what he said. He said, "Yeah, I got that haircut done because I was fed up with people talking about my injury." Wow, didn't know that. Didn't know that. That's a great. That is a great breakdown of the uh, of the Ronaldo um, redemption story. Fantastic, great one, good one, Andy. No, I, won't, yeah, I think we'll have to leave it there. I, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say I didn't read 
the script. Uh, I've been I've been out and about all, all morning. I, I'm, I'm my only one would, would would be Beckham, as I say, to go from being vilified to being applauded by Her Majesty's press. Not well, three years later, I think, wasn't it? Um, it's it's some you going. You could choose Raheem I'm, Sterling. You could choose Raheem Sterling. What 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 what's he redeeming himself from? Well, I don't know. I think there's perception. I don't know. I just don't know. It's sort of kind of 2016. I mean, you know, I, I, a difficult you know, one. 2018. I think it's Gareth Southgate said the other night he was maybe the one player that came back feeling a little bit, a little bit frustrated. And now he's from, just just sensational, isn't he? But brilliant. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. He yes. probably doesn't. He probably doesn't need redemption. I don't, but, I, I don't think you know. I, I, think, I think you know this idea of of him being being bad for England was was always exaggerated in the first place. So I don't think I don't think he's got really anything to redeem himself from. Of course, what would be redemption as well would be um, for the players. He was actually, though, involved in 2016. If memory serves me right, he would have been one of um, one or two, three. Walker, Kane, Sterling probably played against Iceland. Now, I know it's not mm. the same stage of the competition, but redemption would be the players who were involved in 2016 and that campaign. Um Winning the European Championships in 2020, 2021, the 2020 Championships of. So, um, and that would be that that would be some redemption for them because that was one of England's worst performances at, at European Championships. To atone for that, the players involved, who else would have been there? Those three played against Anderson Iceland at the start. I think Rashford was probably there as well. Sorry? Yeah. Anderson, was he? No. So that, that 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 would be redemption, but um but I can't think of anything else. Yeah, well, well, it's going to happen. It's a buy now. Into the, into the final, isn't it? Why don't we have our suits? Why don't we get measured up for our suits for the final? Yeah, we should we should tell the viewers that basically there's this tradition, I'm, isn't there? Basically, me and Jeremy were laughing about it last night. Basically, when uh, really, frankly, you know, there can be no option. But if England reach the final, we've all got to wear suits to Wembley. We've all got to wear suits, got properly dressed up, and basically make a real occasion of it. No excuses, time, everyone. It, 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 there was a time, don't forget, when um, there was a time when most journalists wore suits for every single game. Collar and tie was absolutely, you know, as as work, you know. And now you look around, you know, f- famously, of course, and and you'd wear it, you'd wear a, a, a collar and tie to go when you were seeing a manager. That used to be mm. the the old the old school way, pal. Do you remember when so one of our, our for that? Do you, do you remember when one of our co- one of our colleagues turned up? I think it was a Ferguson press conference. He said, "Oh, I see the big issue of sending someone." I actually believe in wearing a wearing a shirt too. I mean, right? I mean let, let, let me tell not you, not often that, with that a tie, is, but with a shirt to a game, basically. Never mind yeah. football redemption. That that is a that 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 is a, a good uh, a good one to end on for one of one of the shows, and and that is a tire in the press box. Best, mm. worst, wackiest. I know yeah, you, and, and you, you probably all turn up in England shirts on Tuesday and Wednesday when they get through. Yeah, well, we've got to be, got to be ready to go out on the parade, haven't you? So, no. <laughs> and we do, do, you know, thanks very much indeed. And, uh, no, it's, it's, um, uh, <laughs> 
I've, I've just um, I, I've seen Jeremy's comments about the uh, putting the, the money back in the in the in the meter. But no, no, really appreciate all, all your comments, Glenn Ford. You know, I must say, uh, really grateful to him saying thank you once again. Great insight, Glenn. So pleased that you enjoy it. Really appreciate your comments and, and your praise. So nice to have a bit of positivity. And, uh, and let's be positive about England in Rome against Ukraine on Saturday. Yes, even you, Andy. Um, well, for one trade, uh, I think they'll win. Do you? Yes. So you're even you're getting carried away. Let's see. No, you know, I just wow. said I think they'll win. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. You can get swept along. You know, you don't have to apologise for jumping on the England bandwagon. That's fine. Uh, Guys, thanks so much for joining. I hope everyone's enjoying watching it and uh, we've enjoyed your company. Thanks so much. 